welcome, welcome, welcome. I always say that three times to the aggregate score. You are joined by myself, Elijah, and my faithful and dope co-host. Wait, my main guy, my G, why am I not giving him the top props? <laughs> how, you, how you doing, man? What's, what's yes, going on? Sir. I'm good, I'm good. How you been, bro? Yeah, I've been good, man. Uh, lots to say. Guys, I know it's been like a month since you last year from us. Yeah. We've, been, we've been hella busy. We're like a um, we're like a, a bi more bi monthly podcast now. We do like <laughs> a podcast every month. Yeah, yeah, like once every month. You know, it was, it was interesting. I was actually speaking to um someone who's like a fan of the podcast, and you know, with Spotify, it tells you like who your top podcasts are. Yeah, like yeah. we were actually top podcasts for him. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's one of the guys. Um, he's probably gonna be listening. Um, one of the guys from we'll talk about we'll talk about that later. Nice, nice, nice. That's awesome, man. Yeah, thank yeah. you for the support. Even, do you know, even me yeah. myself, we were, we were on my list. We weren't number one, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so was I. So on, on my list, we were number, we were number three. I was like, man, okay. I can like, do better. Yeah, for real. I was like, damn, I'm not even trying. <laughs> I was like, I can do better. But, um, yeah. yeah, like, um, it was one where I was just like, raw, like, Thank you so much. So have to give a big shout out to we'll talk about that later because they always support us. And um Junior man, thank you so much like for um making us number one for the podcast. So definitely, definitely. We are happy with that. Happy with that. But we're gonna as we always say, we're gonna get straight into it. Since we last talked, it's been an interesting time in the Premier League. Um I'm going to kind of do a little bit of a roundup as we get closer to Christmas. So obviously, the fixtures just gone through, um, leave the table in an interesting position. Because if, if you look at um, things table-wise, which I'm trying to get up right now, you've now got Man City in first place, Liverpool in second, Chelsea in third, and West Ham in, in fourth. I just want to start off, with, obviously, with the big news this weekend, which was West Ham beating Chelsea. And my question to you really is like, do you think it was inevitable this result? See, the Chelsea had been a little bit iffy, but do you think it's still a massive, massive result for West Ham? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a bit of both. Like, I think this Chelsea team, we've seen um we've seen their highs already this season. Like they had a, a good run, like when uh I think just after Lukaku went down with that injury, um, they yeah. were just like clicking on all cylinders. Reese 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 James was playing like like one of the best right backs in the world. It was like Ben Chilwell was scoring goals for fun and the defense looked kind of solid. Um and it was making sense this whole like this this system that Tuka wants to play was really making sense. Um yeah. the only, only downside was really that they didn't have a striker, but at the time it didn't matter because they had um you know these wing backs scoring goals and making assists for everybody yeah. and Havertz yeah. was doing okay. But um yeah, it just happened. It's it's been a bit like shaky for the last week or so. I think we've we've seen that like their performances have dipped. I wonder if it's just that maybe people have figured out Tuka Ball a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. I never I never really uh, you know give David Moyes the, the the title of a tactician or a master tactician, but in this case he had Tuka's <laughs> number. <laughs> in this case he had Tuka's oh, no. number, and uh, yeah. they they got the job done. I think this is this is a West Ham team that is is kind of just playing. They, they, you know, every every year we have that one team that sort of plays with their whole heart, and um and they they grind out results. And West Ham is that team this year. So who knows how far they can go? I think it was a good win for West Ham for sure. 
Um, I, I still think they're not even almost like at their full potential yet because people like obviously Mikel Antonio and that guys, those kind of guys haven't really like obviously Antonio had a good start to the season, but he hasn't really uh, mm-hmm. keep kept scoring goals. Um, ben Rama himself has fallen off a little bit form wise. Um, yeah, got other, other players yeah. that still need to to pick up. But obviously, they got people like uh, Jared Bowen that guys sort of pick up the slack right now. So I think yeah. it's definitely more of a uh, to answer the question. I think it's more of a more of a big win for West Ham rather than like a, a huge loss for Chelsea. I think Chelsea will bounce back this week. I think they've got uh, who have they got this week? Is it Leeds or something? Well, they got I'm someone to, this week. Uh, but... Check out uh, who they got. So this week they got. Oh, I was gonna say they have got. Okay, they got leads, so yeah, so they got leads this week. Open game, so yeah, yeah. So I think I think they'll probably bounce back against Leeds. Leeds, <laughs> Leeds aren't the same team. They they get that thing that we talked about the second second season syndrome, um, mm. and they're not they're not been the same team they used to be. So I think Chelsea will bounce back, but definitely big for West Ham. Um, this is a team that they kind of want to challenge the top four now. So we'll see how far they can go. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I think it wasn't. To be expected, so a massive win for um, for West Ham. But Chelsea have been a little bit iffy. If yeah. there's a team that you don't want to play with, who are very good at home, or this generally a season who have been quite good, has been West Ham. So mm-hmm. for me personally, I was like, oh, good, good win for them. Obviously, Chelsea losing kind of brought other teams into it. And, and I think we'll, we'll talk about that next, really, to go Divock, Divock Origi. <laughs> I don't know if that, that's not, probably not even a song for him. I just made it up on the spot. But um, my goodness, what a goal! But um, the, like my next question, I know I'm asking the question to you, but I'm thinking, yo, this guy, this guy just picks his moments. He always picks at the crucial time. Like, yo, I've been on the bench for time. I'm not really getting game time. Boom, I'm gonna come on. I'm gonna get a winner. Um, but do you think we were quite lucky in that game? Seeing as we had had chance after chance after chance. And this, the, the goals just didn't seem to be coming. Yeah. Were we lucky this time, would you say? I, I wouldn't say lucky. I think that when you're at the point where we mm-hmm. are at in terms of like a team that's just, you know, clicking all cylinders, we've hit form, we're doing really well. You kind of get these yeah. these cheeky wins that you did. Sometimes you don't deserve them, but you win them anyway. Yeah. And yeah, we, yeah. we found we were, that, the year that we won the league, we we're doing the same thing, winning some, some game just by like one goal, like a, like a last minute yeah. or a last few minutes kind of situation. Um. And it's just it's just the nature of, of the game. But I think you have to be in those positions to score in the first place. And sometimes we get we get lucky, but sometimes, you know, people people step up and Divok is just has just become that kind of player for us. I think he's a he's such an interesting, interesting case study because like you look at him and you think about his age, you think about like the level of skill that he has. There's obviously mm. like there's there's obviously talent there, but like like why isn't he starting or why isn't he starting on another team is the question. Um, I mean, he's only like twenty six, so he's still got time. It's just that I think um, this this January will really be huge for for Divock. I think we'll see what happens when we have obviously like Salah and, and Mane out at African Cup of Nations. I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens with Divock if he gets the starting role. Because if he if he loses yeah. not loses a spot, but if he if he doesn't start over people like Minamino, um, in the in you know when when our main guys are out, then it's then like a maybe it's just like a. An indictment on him as a player. Maybe maybe Klopp doesn't really rate him as a starter, but sees him more as just that that super sub. And unfortunately, that's that's just become his career. I did, I still think it's not done for Deepak. I think he's got so much more time, especially as a striker. You know, he's he's only twenty six. He hasn't really hit form yet. As you know, technically strikers don't really hit form until like later in their twenties anyway. So like, I think he's still got time to to uh, to become that sort of starting player he wants to be. 
but I think it's a miracle mm-hmm. that we still have him to be honest with you at this at this current point in his career we still have him and he still comes off the bench and he seems to be not happy with his role but I think he seems to be content with his role at least on this team um, yeah but he's yeah. he's just he's just that guy he just makes it work so uh we're lucky to have him on our team for sure <laughs> No, definitely. I think Wolves, obviously, the last three games, um, been managed to take clean sheets. I think they were nil-nils or... No, mm-hmm. they were. So they were getting clean sheets <clears throat> in a lot of games prior to this. But it was interesting to see that, like, um, the attacking talent we've had this season, obviously, this is the first time, um, I believe, this season that we've not scored more than two goals in a game. So mm-hmm. that was credit to Wolves, who defended brilliantly. But then again, also we didn't take um, our chances. But to be honest, I'm actually, I'm actually happy um, the way the game go went, and obviously to get us to get a winner there. So we were temporarily top spot. Obviously, Man City took over. They obviously um, with their win over Watford, which was really good. But looking looking towards the the table um, and just where we are now, we're we're perfectly placed. But I mean, Origi will definitely. Get that audition that he wants. Yeah, with, um, it just depends on how the African nations go. Obviously, everyone knows what's happened with with Omicron, Omicron, um, the COVID, the COVID variant, um, but, the Marian variant. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My goodness. <laughs> but if um, if African nations get delayed or not, but Origi looks like he can step in and obviously fulfill that. So I'm happy about that. But bounce for the game. Bounce about the bounce off games. I thought it was great this weekend to see um, Newcastle grabbing their first win. Mm. First win this season, or even just first win under Eddie Howe. Yeah, um, it's definitely the first one under this new regime. Yeah, yeah, and to be fair, they needed it. Let's be honest. I mean, the table does not lie. They're in the position they are for a reason. Um, but uh, what would you say they need to do in January? Do you reckon a load of players need to come in? Obviously, they've got the money. Or do you reckon it might be just a couple? I mean, we've kind of we've kind of discussed it like in previous episodes, but I definitely yeah, yeah. think yeah, like, they they need like a it's the loan market that will be that'll be key for these for this Newcastle team. Um they definitely yeah. need to like invest in players who are at teams right now where they where they like you know need need first team football and and have something that they want to play for. This Newcastle team is struggling. Yeah. Like I think um if they're not very careful, they're gonna be a very rich team in the championship next year. They need to, yeah. yeah they need to, <laughs> they need to turn it around quite quickly. As you said, it's good they got their first win um, under under Eddie Howe, uh, like under their belt, because they need that that little bit of a confidence boost. But they've got they've got some mm. the bare like they've got like the bones there. You just need to add add meat to it with some some solid you know loan players. You look at like Alan Saint Maximan and and Callum Wilson up front. You think to yourself, those are two decent Premier League you know forwards. They should be okay in that regard, but. They, they aren't able to score many goals. Um, mm. And then defensively, they're just very leaky. Um, Martin Dubravka, I think, is a, is a you know, commendable <laughs> Premier League goalkeeper. Yeah, decent yeah, Premier League yeah, goalkeeper. Yeah. The defence is a bit leaky. Um, Jamal Lascelles, probably a really nice person, but I think it's just as your, as your anchor in defence, mm. probably isn't isn't the guy. So a really they, they nice like, guy, but just like... Yeah. <laughs> it's just not it, bro. <laughs> You're not that guy. So I think they might, that like, yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> they might just need to invest, I think, in the defence. Um, the midfielder obviously is what it is. There's only so much you can really do in the low mm. market, I think. I think they, they might have to rely on people like John Joe and Matt Ritchie and those guys. 
but yeah, definitely defensively. If they can, if they can strengthen defensively, it really just depends on. I because I still really don't know what what system Eddie Howe wants to play. If I'm being honest, um, when when you watch yeah, this Newcastle team, it's just like they look. It's clear that obviously they they had that initial burst of when they, when the manager came on. And it was like, okay, cool. They've got a new manager. Things could turn around. But they, they do look a bit like, yeah, they they don't really have a clue right now as, as to what direction they're going in. Um, and I think also yeah. that's, that's expected sometimes when you, bring, when you bring a new manager halfway through a season. But I just think, uh, yeah, he, Eddie Hayon needs to bring in, bring in the players that fit his system. Um, and then we'll see what this yeah. new team can be. But if they're not very careful, as I said, very rich team, championship. For sure, man. I'm not, like the next fixtures that they have, the next four fixtures are difficult, mate. They've got Leicester away. Liverpool yeah. away, mm. Man City at home, and Man United at home. And for me personally, that sounds horrible. Honest, I mean, <laughs> that is, we like your Christmas period. That yeah, is, that's mean, a myth. They're not. I don't. I don't see them winning a single game. They've got Everton um, on the thirtieth, and um, interesting enough, we we'll actually move on to Everton now. Um, that could be an interesting game come December, seeing as if they don't pick up any wins in the next four fixtures. But I mean, do you think it was like, you see the game on Monday? Obviously a couple of days ago. But um, uh, I'm not going to lie, if there's going to be signing for the season in terms of money spent, like, is it uh, Gray? Tomorrow Gray, yeah. One point something million. That's got to go down. Million. Oh my days. I mean, he hit an absolute banger. What, what a goal, but Rafa really needed that, right? He, I mean, they really needed that result, didn't they? Yeah, yeah big time. Big time, especially after they lost to, to us. They need something to Yeah, because yeah, when I saw it go in, I mean, obviously against an Arsenal side, to be fair, who, if we even get into that a little bit of detail, like, my question to you is, that contract that Aubameyang signed, maybe it was about a year and a half or whatever it was, do you think it was worth it to sign him to that big money, considering how he, considering the form he is now? I'm not saying it's like crazy form, but... This Arsenal, is a young, Arsenal team is a young team and I feel like the older players are just, they're just not, it's not doing it, man. Yeah, they're really relying on the young guys, on the, uh, you know, the Sackers, ML smith Rose, which makes sense, mm. to be honest with you, because those are the players that you kind of want to build around. But you really, like, you kind of want the best of both worlds. You want the young players who are coming into their own and really developing into superstars and you want the, the already established guys to, to continue to provide support for the young players and also do their job. And they're just not getting that from their from their big guns. They're not getting that from Aubameyang. They're not getting that from Lacazette. They're not getting it from who else is a big gun at Arsenal. I don't even know these days. I'll be honest with you. This team is chopped uh, and changed so much. Even, even I know I know it's quite hard. Even um, even Partey like. But, oh my gosh, like, that one that was probably one of the biggest disappointments. It's unfortunate because he was there was so much hype when he yeah. came, and he came with such a pedigree from 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 um, Atletico, but he's just not been able to quite do it on the Premier League True. stage. Um, I don't know if it's the team, I don't know if it's the system, but it's whatever it is, something isn't clicking. Um, and I don't know if he... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a little bit of time. I'm going to give him a yeah, little bit Yeah, I, I, t- I tend not to judge players too much, especially like from the Spanish league to the English like, Premier League. is not it's The A's are a little bit different. Like it's not quite the same style of football. It's always a bit different. I, I, so I'd, I'd give him, but how, when did he come? He came two seasons ago, right? I think it was, yeah. So I'd give him... Yeah. I, I might give it to next year, yeah, end of this season, uh, start of next season, yeah, see how he gets on. Yeah. If, if not, their money seems to move on. Because even even some Liverpool fans wrote off wrote off Thiago already this season. I mean, like last season, they wrote him off for the end of last season. Yeah, Thiago so far bit, this year. Has, like, 
been, been brilliant, mate. There's, there's so, yeah, you know, so crazy. There's so much more to come. So, so Thiago, exactly. I don't even think he's. Yeah, I don't think he's touched the scratch the surface yet of what he can really do on this team when he's able to just freely play yeah. his role the way he wants to. Um. Yeah, it, it's, it'll be fun to see. But to go back to Arsenal, sorry. Um. Yeah, I just don't think in terms of like value for money that contract as now the moment at this current juncture looks like it's it was they've overpaid. Oh. But it's well, one yeah. of them ones where you just kind of you just have to chalk it up and swallow this L. Like we have it in many different sports leagues around the world. Like in, in the basketball, for example. That John Wall contract at the start probably looked really great, but now when you look at it, Ooh, a player who's not playing at all getting forty something million a year is ridiculous. So Mad- like, is that madness? Yeah, you just have to sort of chop up that L and maybe move forward. I don't know if they're going to move on from Aubameyang this season. We'll see. I don't know if he still wants to be there himself. But um, at the moment, that contract is is not good value for money. But at the time, it made complete sense. He was the star player on on a you know a decent ish Arsenal team. But so far, he hasn't really been able to provide the lift that they need from him, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But it's I do easy. think he's a, he's a quality player. He's still got good. He's still you know he's still he's still Aubameyang at the end of the day. Um, he'll I think he can turn it around this season. But um, he needs yeah. to he needs to step up for sure for sure. Oh no, hundred percent. I mean, yeah, it's it's a sad one for an Arsenal team who they're gonna get there. Obviously, they're really banking on youth a lot of their players. Um, I've not had loads of years experience, but if you're looking at the, the people mainly to build around your Sackers, your um, Smith Rose, Smith Rose, is it Smith yeah. Rose? Smith Rose, Marcelli, those guys, build around those guys. Yeah, yeah. those guys, yeah. So <clears throat> I thought with the Bamiyang, I don't know, it was weird because I think he, he, at one point this week, I wasn't sure if it was the Man United game or whichever, like even started on the bench, like your captain starting on the bench. So, yeah. It's a bit weird. Yeah. But um, yeah, like I feel Arsenal might move on for him, you know, in the summer. They might see if someone can give them okayish money and, and move on, you know, because of that huge contract they obviously signed to. So it depends. Obviously, the first half of the season is nearly finished. Let's see how he finishes the second half, and then you know, we'll see how it goes for Arsenal anyway. But yeah, they're a team that hopefully they would like to challenge him for top four. Mm-hmm. But we'll have to see how it goes, especially this Christmas period. It's crucial. You've got a lot of games. You don't want your main player to pick up any kind of huge injuries. I'm even talking about going to talk about money. I was to switch us on to the Champions League. And I mean, the big news, no one could have seen it coming. As you know, people would have probably said they would, but Barcelona not qualifying for the Champions League. I think the Champions League knockout stages, this is the first time in, I think, about 20 years. Mm-hmm. That is like, if someone had told you that they were getting knocked out this week, would you have agreed? Never. <laughs> like, is it, is it so crazy to think of, or is that just how, how low this Barcelona team have come because of what's happened in previous regimes and stuff? Honestly, yeah, I think they are just unfortunately reaping the unfortunate benefits of the start that they had to this season. They didn't restart mm. the year very well, hence why their manager got sacked and they had to bring in Javi um, to, mm. to try and steady, steady the ship. But they obviously weren't helped as well by like a you know, pretty difficult group in, in, the, in the Champions League. Their, their group wasn't, wasn't the easiest for them. But, um, you know, you have, you have uh, some, some bad performances and then let's see, you know, you're, you're in the Europa League this year. Instead of, instead of Champions League, which is which is bizarre to think for Barcelona, for a Barcelona level. But 
you could think that maybe on the one hand, this is what they need as a team to sort of have like a reality kick to, I guess, like revitalize themselves and come back next year ready. Um, it's it's really when you look at the teams that have got had to go into the Europa League as a team and as far as teams are constructed, they have one of the better teams in the competition now. So, you know, it's a good mm. opportunity to win something, to win some silverware. I think as as a player, you have to have that sort of pride that you want to even win something, even if it's going to be Europa like Europa League at this level. You kind of have to try and yeah, win something. So. You kind of hope they can go all the way and win it just to, to restore some confidence in Javi as a manager and in the players that they have. They've invested heavy in, in you know in their young players. Um, like Ansu Fati got that big contract and all these other young players that they've got, you know, the Deongs and all that stuff. But they do need now these uh these guys to uh to perform, I guess, in the Europa League and see see where see how far <clears> they go. <throat> and unfortunately for them, like their mates, Real Madrid are, are, are bossing it right now in both the Champions yeah, League and in, and in the league. So and if we, we looked at Real Madrid like maybe a year or two ago, this we said it wasn't the same Real Madrid team as before, but they seem to have you know turned things around a little bit. So the hope really is that I think the Barcelona fans will look at the, the Real Madrid sort of model of how they brought back you know Zidane and built that way as, as to as to what they can do for their team to see if they can turn this ship around and steady a little bit and uh, reclaim some sort of uh, some pride again, some some confidence back in this team. But yeah, if you if you had told me like, a, like at the start of the season that Barcelona weren't gonna make the uh, the Champions League final uh, final stages, I would have said, "Nah, you're lying." And if you, even even if you told me that Xavi would be the manager of Barcelona this year, I would have told you you're lying. So hundred percent, uh, <laughs> it's been a bit of a crazy season for them. But the hope is with the players that they have um, that they can sort of turn it around. But you know, we we all we kind of always knew that this is the I guess the messy effect of when um you know you lose someone of that caliber. Not just on the pitch, but off the pitch, and everything that he provides to you know the, the city of Catalonia and all the, the place in general, like you kind of just have a feeling that it's, it was always going to be a knock-on effect, and um, even like losing Aguero and all that stuff, like it just it's just an unfortunate situation for them. So uh, this team is is in a rebuild mode, kind of like a, it's like a mid-rebuild, like a like a half rebuild, because they've got some pieces, mm. they just need some other things to add to <clears> the pieces. <throat> And the manager, we we'll, we'll still see if Xavi is the guy full time for them as well. So it's going to be very interesting. But um, yourself, like, how did you, how did you how do you feel about this Barcelona situation? Could you have predicted this happening for them? I think yes, because do you know why? Because this Bayern Munich Bayern Munich team is very very strong, man. They're solid. Definitely, man. they are very a good good side. And so with a Barcelona side that's only just, I mean, Xavi's only had a handful of games. I know you probably can't implement the style and sort of his ethos or his plan for the team. He's got to do. He's got to use what he has there. You know, mm-hmm. every manager needs a couple of transfer windows, and obviously they're already up against the wall. They've lost Messi. He's their star guy. The squad is still quite young, but still like highly talented. And against the Bayern Munich team, he's been doing this for years and years now. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't say I knew it was going to happen. I thought Barcelona might get what they needed to qualify but um, yeah. yeah it just goes to show that like things can just change very quickly and Xavi won't get that long he needs to close that gap in La Liga plus he would definitely they'll definitely qualify for Champions League next season 100% but it's like okay we, we're we're a club who we're not in the best um, um, best uh, conditions financially because of what's happened before we have yeah. to be smart we've either got to sell a couple of players to generate this money and see what we can kind of do. And I think that's what they'll, they'll have to do because they're, they're, 
they're constrained now. I mean, an interesting story from that messy fallout is that they were even going to ask him to try and uh, pay, like, play for free. Yeah. Um, which apparently <laughs> La Liga weren't going to allow. So I don't get it because they, they bought uh, Danny Alves back and they're paying him like a thousand a week. Why not just ask Messi to sign something way, way, way cheaper? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. But hey, I think the reason why Messi didn't sign it because of what happened last time before. He wanted to leave. They came with some technicality. So I was like, right, okay, cool. I love you guys, but I don't really like what's going on behind the behind the scenes. But yeah, man, it's a shame. Um, but is it was it unavoidable? Nah, because of what had happened, this this whole season had started so bad. Coleman obviously wasn't a guy, but they're still stringing him along, basically using him like a shield. Mm. Uh, so, like, you know, the manager did it. But then after a while, you've got to look at look at what happened before they're not in this position because of Coman they're in this position because of what other managers did and how they spent before their spending has been trash <laughs> it's yeah. been like and, and the players that you spent all the money on they're not performing Dembele injured every day of the week injured wakes every up single little day yeah and that's a <laughs> well let's not even get into that anyway but um nah man I reckon it was it's sad to see a team like that fall so also highly, but it just goes to show you've got to be on your on your game. You have to be on on the ball in terms of European football. But um, oh, what am I even um, what am I even going to say? I'm even just trying to get onto it next. Like, um, just think it's quite interesting that a lot of these teams are qualified. So you've got Chelsea that are qualified, Liverpool qualified, Man City qualified, Man United qualified. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got Paris, Saint-Germain, Atletico Madrid, putting Lisbon, Inter Milan, Benfica, Salzburg. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of decent sides in there. Is there any team particularly that you would want for Liverpool? Because apparently we could face either PSG, Inter Milan, Sporting Lisbon, Benfica, Villarreal, or Atalanta, or um, Salzburg. Yeah. Red Bull Salzburg. I guess you kind of you kind of want the um <clears throat> you you want the easiest team possible <laughs> to make it through the early stages, but because you don't you don't want to have to go and like after you've after the, the the time that we've had in our group because at first when we looked at our group we thought it was kind of difficult we looked at Atletico Ooh. Portugal and Milan, I thought it would be a, a like an interesting group for us, but we we, mm. you know, we destroyed these boys like whooped on these teams, won the won the whole group but like weeks ago, but now to come out of that to then come and have to go and face like a Bayern Munich in the first <laughs> the first knockout stages, I'd lose it. I'd be vexed. So you kind of hope you get someone a bit. So obviously Bayern probably wouldn't because they they top their group, but um you kind of you kind of want the easiest possible team. Um, but at this point, current stage of Champions League, every team is good in it. So you have to look at like a Benfica. Maybe we've played it. We've played that kind of team before, and you know we beat them before. Um, Villarreal. Yeah, I was thinking just a chip in. I was thinking of a sport in Lisbon, man. Potentially. I take them, I think. But then again, do you know what? I'm like, I probably like, I fear no one, man. Obviously, to be fair, in in your in your last team, do you want someone a bit easier? Just, you know, to warm you up, sort of thing. To get you kind of going. So, yeah, I'll take, for me, I'll definitely take the easier side for now. And yeah. once you've got, once you've got past that, Plus, like every as the as the saying goes, every man for themselves. That's really it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'll be honest, as, as as you said, like I fear nobody. <laughs> like we could play anyone, and I think we'll be. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I do think it would just be nicer to have, especially like with the we're ramping up in the Premier League, we're trying to establish ourselves there. We don't really want to have to, to fight too hard in Champions League as well. So yeah, mm. but definitely, definitely not not afraid of any team. Maybe maybe PSG actually a little bit, but only because of the players they have, not because they're they're a good team or anything. Because I still think Pochettino hasn't figured it out yet. So that's still an interesting, interesting solution or oh, interesting situation. Sorry. But um, yeah, no, I think we'd have to. We could play any team. I think we'd beat them on our day because we are we are that good this year. We've showed it yeah. in many different games. So um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Champions League is is um, it's going to be quite an interesting interesting competition next year. I think once once things kick off again after the new year, we get back into the into knockout football. It's going to be quite hot. Nice. I think some yeah. of these, some of these teams are are looking to to make make a name for themselves. This Bayern team looks really good. I think they could they could potentially. You know, do it again. They look, they look like they're ready to ready to rumble. They do. They they look deadly. I mean, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask you two more questions for us to discuss football wise before we move into the NFL. But my first question is, do you think it's gonna be an interesting knockout round in the in the Champions League because there's a new rule now, and the new rule, the new rule is that the away goals rule has been removed. So now, oh. ties that are level after 180 minutes will go to extra time. And then if there's no extra time, it goes to a penalty shootout. So it does encourage sides to be more attacking because one away, away goals are not going to see you through. Like, do you think that will... that will? Well, the question I'm asking is, what are UEFA plan to do? Do you think it will work? Do you think we'll see a bit more attacking football in the Champions League? Yeah, it definitely changed the tactics a little bit. I think before a team would... Would um you know if you have the away fixture you kind of be a bit disappointed at the away fixture fixture first, you'd be a little bit disappointed but you kind of hope that if you can grab a big win here and like a surprise win, you can just go home and park the bus and you'd be okay. But um, yeah, yeah, it does it does kind of change things a little bit. I think it makes things a little bit more exciting in terms of fixtures that finish like two one on both legs. Then it's then it's then kind of a bit more interesting. Um, it adds an extra element to it. But um yeah, I think it's it's gonna definitely mean that we have to like. Like some of these, some of these last games in these in these ties are going to be like just all out slugfests, and we're going to we're probably going to get yeah, like exactly. hella, hella goals, which could be fun. We'll have to see how that is, but um, definitely like UEFA just trying to they're just trying everything to make it a bit more fun, just to, just to add spice to the Champions League because they felt their necks are hot. They felt the pressure from the European European Super League last year, and they're like, how can we how can we switch up this competition, make it fun, so nobody tries to leave again. Exactly, yeah. they're they're feeling it. So um, no, like yeah. That. It's going to be very interesting. I think, yeah, I think, as, as you said, we're probably going to get more attacking football in these last, in the second leg of a lot of these games, especially if they're, they're tired. Like, say, it's like nil-nil first leg, second leg, it's one-one at half-time. That second half is just going to have to be an all-out war to try and get these goals to try and go through. So <laughs> that's going to be fun to watch for sure, for sure. I like that. I like that. I mean, my, my next question, just to end our football part of the show, is... um. Obviously, this weekend is going to see Liverpool against Aston Villa, you know. That's Klopp against Steven Gerrard in returning home as a manager. Um, how do you think it's going to go? And how have, have you been impressed with Gerrard so far in the Premier League? Yeah, honestly, I have actually been impressed with Gerrard so far in the Premier League. I did think he would um, not struggle, but obviously, like, there's, there is... Like no matter what everyone anyone says, there's a jump from the Scottish Premier League to the to Premier League Premier League. Like, mm-hmm. there, there there just is. Like we felt it. Uh, I mean, 
Brendan Rodgers held it and he was dominating in the Scottish Premier League. So, like, exactly. there, there, there is a slight level up. Um, and I did, I just actually thought he struggled mainly because of his team. I, did, I didn't really believe in his Aston Villa team at first but when he got there, I'll be honest. But, um, yeah, he's, he's managed to turn things around and get these guys playing a certain style of football. I think you, you've heard the stories of the regime that he's trying to instill, like, in the, in the you know, in the behind the scenes, stuff like their eating um, habits and issuing curfews and, you know, controlling what time they, they like, practice from, all that good stuff. Um, so you're hearing good things behind the yeah, scenes and it's, and it's kind of yielding positive results on the pitch. So we are seeing, mm-hmm. like, yeah, this new, like, a new resurgence for this Aston Villa team, who at the time, obviously, when they sacked, sat their manager, we kind of thought, we all kind of thought it was a bit harsh because, like, you know, this is, this is a team that last year, with Greenish granted, were doing really well. Um, but since he left, obviously, had really been struggling for, for quite a few weeks and it all culminated in that result against Norwich that, um, you know, wasn't the best wasn't the best of times for them or for Norwich because Norwich then sat their manager straight afterwards as well. And then he went to go and join Norwich. It's, mm. it's kind of just a weird situation. But, um, yeah, it's 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 fun to, to, to see Gerard like, being so successful in this early, early stage of his uh, managerial career in Premier League. It bodes well for what we always hope for as Liverpool fans that one day in, the, in like I don't know five ten years when Klopp is done and he's won all the trophies he can win and he decides to retire or leave that Gerard comes in and takes over and, and you know runs this Liverpool team that we all wanted. Um, so that'd be interesting. But yeah, it's 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 good to see that he's uh, he's having some success at this early stage. I just hope he can maintain it because we, we kind of saw something similar-ish with Lampard when Lampard went spent but it's Chelsea. Had a couple of good results mm. of, of you know in his first season. Um, they even managed to get to mm. like, a, like a final of a competition, and it was it was all going well. And then it all started to go downhill straight away. And then let's you know he's fired from the team that you know loved him and adored him for so many years. So you you wouldn't want to see that for for Gerard. But I think he seems to, from everything you've heard, all the all the indications, all the all the res, um, reports seems seems like he's really turning turning this team around in terms of like. As I said, the things behind the scenes, like their behaviours and their actual preparations for matches, mm-hmm. seems like it's working and it's doing it's doing what it's supposed to do on the pitch. So, yeah, we will see. Um, I think it's going to be a fun game when he comes back to Liverpool as as a you know opposing manager. There's going to be like mixed emotions for a lot of Liverpool fans, but we want to be cheering for our, for our one of our legends, but you also want to ensure that he leaves not happy because you want to you want to win for Liverpool. So, it is going to be a very interesting game for sure, for sure. But um, yeah. I just uh, hope we can grab grab this win. I think it's there's a tendency to get a bit um, kind of caught up in the in the occasion a little bit. Sometimes players can get caught up in the occasion um, with like one of like a, a big return of a player or a manager, whatever it is. So you kind of hope that doesn't happen, and we just able to see out another positive result and keep pressing on this in this uh, this Premier League. Yeah, man, I, I agree. Everything you said, I agree with you. Really, I mean, trial back is excellent, and I feel like he's just doing. It's just the audition before the Liverpool job. If it goes well, it goes really well. I don't know. I I just see it like it's a good side, like good talented players in the Aston Villa side. Obviously, the sky's the limit. I feel, but obviously, sky's the limit. Not not this weekend though. But (laughs) but uh, yeah, like I'm happy for him. Like it's going well. Obviously, there's more games to go. It'll be interesting how the squad, how his squad does. Do over the Christmas period, because yeah. I feel like the Premier League Christmas period is intense. I mean, you, you you play a game and then it could be like another forty eight hours, another game again. So mm-hmm. it'll be that will just be a test. But 
maybe it's, it's better to be thrown into the deep end than you know for it to happen easy. So yeah, I think it'll be it'll be good. Villa will be decent for the season. I don't see there being any problems with them getting relegated or anything like that. Obviously, yeah, I think it was very harsh from their last. Yeah, it was very harsh from their last manager, Dean Smith. But Ayo, he's, he's gone to Norwich now, and um, I keep like, even if they get relegated, I don't think he's getting sacked. I think they'll still keep him on. To be fair, because he's like, he's a proven he's a proven um championship manager, so they'd have to like hang on to him. If yeah, get, if they did get relegated, and also I think they kind of yeah. knew going in that like this team is this is a sinking ship. So regardless of if you could do anything for this team, like kudos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I just feel like they've got some like like high potential, like very young players who like if given the time can develop and get much better. <laughs> Obviously in football you don't get a lot of time. But when you get relegated, sometimes a lot of your players just get picked picked off. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. um it'll be interesting. Like I said, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, if you look at the we look at the final table before we move on. Norwich are Norwich. In fact, I mean the places is not that hard. We've got Norwich on ten, Newcastle ten, Burnley on ten, they're eighteen, and then seventeen Watford. They got thirteen points. Mm. So yeah, I mean you you put together a good like a good, good run. Uh, run of form, a couple of pick up a points here or there, you can find yourself out because between. Um, 18th or 14th place, just six points. Yeah. That's that is a huge thing. Like come the end of the season, but it's still possible if you can still pick up the points here or there. So it's going to be an interesting season. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> but anyway, we're moving on to some American football. Run, run, stay on, stay on, boy. Guys, we you know if you've been NFL fans, you're probably thinking, "Wow, when are they going to get us up?" Don't worry, we got you for today. Straight off, I'm not even gonna mess about. You wanna? I don't know. We're gonna find like a button that we can do to like clap and applause. But yeah, hold tight yeah. to all you Detroit Lion fans out there. Yeah. Give yourself a pat. <laughs> Your team was trash. And that's my favorite word in this pod when I'm talking about really rubber sides. Yes. But the yes. fact that Jared Jared Goff could lead a game-winning touchdown. I mean, I heard like his record is like he's never done that before. In his whole NFL career, I've heard. Mm. Uh, but the fact that he could get it done and that the Lions could beat the Vikings, this is the same Vikings that beat the Packers. This is a weird Vikings side. But anyway, my question to you, Ayo, is what are you saying about the, about the Lions' victory? Like, and what does it mean for the Vikings? Because the Vikings are very up and down. Yeah. Oh, this, uh, <laughs> this, this Lions team, is, they start off the season like... They were like, they were always the bridesmaid, never the bride. They every game, it's like they neck and neck the whole game. They were playing kind of well, not not great because Jared Goff isn't the best quarterback. He's okay, he's serviceable. But then end of the game, they undoubtedly lose every single week, and this continued for about ten weeks, um, which is ridiculous. But it's the way that the Detroit, Detroit Lions have been playing, um, and then eventually they grab a win, so that their record is just so bizarre. It's like one ten and one because mm. they even drew a game, which is still bizarre to me as well. But um, yeah. yeah, I just think it's we we kind of all knew, but when it got to like week six, they had they hadn't won a game yet. We're still thinking to ourselves, okay, cool, this is definitely a team that's going for the first overall draft pick next year. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They're trying to secure that. <laughs> They're trying to secure this first overall draft pick because at the moment there's no chance of them of them uh, getting a, a winning record, like obviously. So. 
I think it's it's good for them for morale. It's good for Jared Goff. I think he's a, a quarterback that needed it because um, mm. he just doesn't. He has he's obviously widely regarded as as an okay quarterback, but he will people struggle to see him as um, like a game changing quarterback. He's just a kind of quarterback you win with, not because of. Um, so mm. even if you win games, it's not because of him. It's just because he happened to have a decent game, but the rest of your players performed as well and it worked. Their run game kind of kind of you know, showed up for them a little bit. And, you know, they've, uh, they drafted okay. I guess they got, they got a decent, a decent wide receiver in St. Brown. So like, yeah, it's a team that like is on, is on the, you know, the rebuild, rebuild mode for real, for real, like defensively, especially mm. they need to really go back to the drawing board and, and fix, fix this team from the ground up, but great for them. Great for great to win a game. The Vikings just continue to perplex us as as fans of this sport because like they're a team oh, that really goodness. should have won a lot more games. They've got some really talented players, especially offensively. Like you look at Justin Jefferson is just like is he's looking like a baby random. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh my days, he's playing, man. On he's, he's playing so well. Adam Thielen's really is still performing at high level, even though he's so old. Um, you know, they've mm. got a, a great running game in Dalvin Cook, but and and then their quarterback is serviceable. Like Kirk Cousins is not a superstar, but he's he's a he's a pro ballish quite kind of quarterback, and he can win you he can win you games. But still, they've lost a, a number of games this year. They're five and seven right now, and this it continues to show with the game they've now lost against the, the you know the Lions, the, the, the lying the dying embers of this game. They go and lose a quite a quite important game for them. So they're a team that I think needs to you know like they're kind of just like a middle of the pack team. If if they if it was if this was the Premier League, they'd be mid table basically. Um, they're mm-hmm. like a decent team that could, on their day, beat any of the big big boys. But at the end of the day, are just just going to finish about tenth, eleventh, maybe twelfth because they just can't, you know, grind out these victories that they need to. In fact, it's really two teams that are kind of similar. It's just that one you have the extreme spectrum of it, which is the Detroit Lions, who can't grind out wins and they lose games terribly. They got the Vikings, who mm-hmm. win the occasional game but also lose quite quite horribly and historically on other occasions. So it's unfortunate. But um, yeah, I think they've still got some really good players tied down on contracts for a couple of years. So the, so the Vikings will be good. It's just that they they didn't do it against this Lions team and they were able to hand them their first victory. Yeah, Even the Texans have more victories. And we thought the Texans would be proper doo-doo. So like the fact that the Texans have two wins, the Vikings, I mean, and the Lions only have one, should be very embarrassed. That, is that probably embarrassing indeed because I was like, yeah. hey, this this this. As soon as I see the Lions losing a couple of games, you know, I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> He's trying to secure that number one, that number yeah. one pick, you know what I'm saying? But I mean, just, I think it's good confidence. Sometimes your franchise wants to see you win, like, at least once, you know? like, we already know what's going on. Let's just try and win once, sort of thing, and then see how, like, if we can get it going. But I mean, yeah, for the Vikings, it's just a weird one, really, and I'm still trying to figure out, like, what it will be for them come playoff time. Because mm-hmm. you can't kind of go like this, like during some of these, like during these big games in the off season, you need to be on the on the ball or on the money. But yeah, like Justin Jefferson has been immense and um holds out for him. But um, yeah, more of a bigger, bigger clap for the Lions. Um before I get into anything anyway, NFL stuff, kind of wanted to switch it, not switch it, like I always say, switch it to another topic, but just wanted to bring it off the playoff. Um, the running for the playoff positions. I feel like now, obviously, we're quite deep into this. So we can kind of tell. So if we look at the AFC, which is quite interesting at the moment, we 
You've mm-hmm. got um, the Patriots, who got to give a big shout-out to Belichick because this season, I don't know, their defence has been proper on it. Yeah. Proper, proper on it. Been very, very, doing very, very well. And I think they've gone now, is it like seven or eight games unbeaten? Well, seven, seven or yeah, eight wins seven in a row? Um, yeah, seven, seven wins in a row to like, take them to the top of their division. Mm. Which is like, I mean, what was your thinking? I know, obviously, um, just got past the Bills uh, last week in a game that was very, like, I would say, felt like it was Lambeau Field. Snow mm. everywhere. But, um, <laughs> and Belichick didn't even, didn't even um, call many passing plays. I think they called, like, three or four, maybe more, but relied very heavily on their running game. I mean, to beat a big team like the Bills, what does that say about Belichick? Is it basically telling everyone, rah, like, in your face, like, obviously, this guy is the Mac Daddy of coaches. Yeah. Or is it just like, did everyone see this? As, the question I'm trying to ask is, is it wrong to ever feel like Belichick is, you know, past? To answer your question, yeah. Like, Belichick is still that coach. Like, I think he's, uh, we all kind of raised our eyebrows a little bit when he, when he, when they released um, Cam at the start of the season. Um, and it was clear that obviously they did it because they didn't want Cam interfering with um, Mac's progression as the leader of this team. Um, and I think he saw something in Cam in um, what do I call him Mac, <laughs> not Cam. He saw he saw something in Mac yeah, that Mac. was that that, yeah, that, 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 um, that Cam just couldn't offer them as as a quarterback. Mac was just able to provide, you know, those kind of like early Brady days type plays, where it's it's not like there's mm-hmm. nothing crazy like special happening, but it's serviceable, and it's, it's it moves the chains, and it's it's exactly what this team yeah. needs, and it's exactly where the offense is supposed to run. Whereas with Cam, they kept trying to change it to fit more like Cam's style of play, and it just wasn't working. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, like Belichick is just that dude. Like he's proven it as a as a coach that he's just he's just that good. I think people really like looked down on him last year after the after the horrid season they had. But you forget they had a bunch of injuries last year, a bunch of like COVID opt outs, um, and then their quarterback got COVID. So like it just it wasn't really it was never going to be a good season for this Patriots team. But now they've got the quarterback they have there for the future now in Mac Jones. They've got um, a bunch of solid, solid players. I mean, we, we, when they spent a bunch of money this offseason, they spent the most they ever spent before in such a quick period of time in the free agency. And we kind of all, again, raised our eyebrows and thought to ourselves, what's, what's really happening with this Patriots team? They're really trying to go for it. But little did we mm. know that they'd gone on a you know, run of seven games, as you said, um, and now be top of their division, especially a division that had the Bills in it, who everyone thought after last season when Josh Allen, Josh Allen was playing at like oh. an MVP level. Stefan Diggs was playing exactly. at that kind of that huge level. Um, and they haven't been able to, you know, grind out the results that they were able to do last year. But on the flip side, the Patriots are doing what they're supposed to do to win, especially this game, as you mentioned. They only passed for three attempts, which is the lowest by a team <laughs> since since 1974. No team has won wow. a game with, with that many that fewer passes, like since that 1974. Which is crazy. Like he knows what it's supposed to do to win. They knew that this game would be about running the ball, not about passing. And they did they did that like in this game and it helped for them and they won the game. So yeah, Belichick yeah. is that coach, continues to be that coach. Um, it's it again raises that whole question that we asked, that age-old debate that we asked ourselves last year. Was it Brady? Was it Belichick? And we're kind of seeing that, you know, through Brady's progression in in um in Tampa in Tampa Bay and with Belichick's mm-hmm. now good season that he's having so far with these these young young guys 
that maybe maybe we just truly as we always just expect it maybe just a bit of both maybe they're both just that good maybe they just yeah. it was just it was just the most ideal situation it was the best quarterback with the best coach and it just worked because that's just the way it is so um yeah i'm glad for from as a fan of of Belichick and what he's able to achieve, what he's been able to achieve as a manager and as a coach I'm a fan of what's happening for this Patriots team because it shows that obviously like it's validating him a bit more people thought he was getting older maybe he should think about retiring but nah he's still yeah, uh, he's yeah. still that still that guy for sure for sure he's still that he's still that guy <laughs> he's still that guy but for you what do you what do you reckon about these bills like it's, should the bills be worried about their division now like obviously the Patriots are leading their division it was a big divisional game in, in football we call it a two-pointer because or like a, a six-pointer sorry in um in Premier League because it's, it was against basically like the team that's just behind them or just in front of them. So it was a, a huge result for the Patriots. Yeah. What do you reckon for the Bills? Should they be worried? I think they should be a little bit. I mean, in terms of the game, sometimes weather does make it quite tricky. So you're like, oh, how do you go about things? And I feel like just Allen's throws weren't the best in that game. Yeah. And also the run game wasn't, wasn't going on. I mean, the fact that the Patriots only allowed 222 yards this is a Bills team last season that was very, like, very, I wouldn't say problematic, but just very, very dominant. Like, they're very, very sharp on the offense. And I feel it is a little bit of an issue because we all expected the Bills to probably, maybe just run right, to take the division quite easily. I thought it would be quite straightforward to be honest. But now, if, if, we, if we look at it, they're, they're seventh. But it's quite tight in their division. So if you look at it now, You've got obviously the Patriots who are nine and four. Um, then after the Patriots, it's, it's the Titans who are eight and four. Baltimore with who's eight and four, and the Kansas Chiefs who are eight and four as well. Yeah. And then you've got the Chargers who are seven and five, the Bengals who are seven and five, and then and then you've got the Bills. So for me personally, I'm just like it, it's got to be a bit tough. Yeah. Hopefully they can kind of like drag things around and be higher up in the season. But I mean, it's it's always a tricky one, really. I would be a little bit worried, yes. If I was a Bills fan, I'd be a little bit worried. But it's still, I feel like there's still games in the season to turn things around. So it's not all hope. The the what I'm trying to say is not uh, all hope isn't lost. Yeah, they can still turn it around. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, they still got one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Josh Allen, and one of the best wide yeah. receivers in the league in Stephon Diggs. Emmanuel Sanders is serviceable yeah. as well as a wide receiver. So like, yeah. It's still not, it's not the end of the world, but they, they definitely should be worried because they're, this was like, as of last year, we looked at this Bills team, we thought, okay, cool, they're going to run this division for like the next 10 years with Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs because we didn't see this Patriots team coming from nowhere with Mac Jones. And we thought to ourselves, the Dolphins might be decent with Tua, but they haven't really lived up to potential lever. So yeah, in terms of their division, True, we should be a little bit concerned. I hear that, but I want to kind of talk, I want to kind of talk about Actually, I don't know. This week, I'm kind of, I'm kind of going more on the defenses actually to give um, teams a big shout out. I'm gonna talk about them because I wanted to say for the Dolphins. I mean, I think this is the Dolphins' uh, fifth win in a row, and obviously that was, I think, quite a lot was down to their um their linebacker, um, is it Jalen Phillips, mm. who has been doing really really well. But then obviously, I think it helps. I think when when the Dolphins actually but, um drafted Jalen Waddle. That was a big pickup for them. Because obviously Tua has played with him before. And mm-hmm. then um Devontae Parker coming back. So for them, I, I just feel their defense as well is doing just doing really, really well. I mean, Phillips, he had he had two of Miami's free sacks. 
And I feel like they got out, they got out the quarterback for the Giants quite well. But I'm just kind of giving shout outs to teams defense this week. So also wanted to give another shout out to um the Steelers. Because mate, I mean for them to beat the Ravens, I did not see that coming at all. Mm-hmm. At all, at all, at all. But I, I need to say is like, I mean we've we've said this, we've asked this question before, but I'm gonna ask it again. Like obviously it's crazy because the Steelers had seven sacks on Lamar Jack. I mean, I don't know what's happening with his offensive line, but Anyway, we'll say that for another day. But is is Big Ben like? Has he still got a couple more years, or is it one and done? Is this like? Is this the last dance? Is is it not even last dance? Is it just the the last dance, like last audition? <laughs> I feel like. What do you reckon? Anyway, do you reckon like they're gonna move on from from Ben next season? Yeah, Big Big Ben's last dance was last year. Like he he definitely shouldn't have played this year. I think him like there are times when you're watching Big Ben play, and he just looks so slow and so old, and he's also he's also not able to make the same throws he could make before, and it's expected. I mean he's playing for so many years at a high level. It, eventually your body's going to catch up with you, and this team just isn't yeah. the same team it used to be. Like this Steelers defense used to be like the kind of as you as you were praising their defense this week, but in terms of the season as a whole, they haven't been the same sort of demonstrative, you know, um, Steelers defence that we're used to, to to seeing. that This is a defence that was once feared around the league every single year um, and it just hasn't really been the same. They've still got, you know, some guys, obviously they've got TJ Watt and he's a you know, defensive player of the year, potential candidate. But mm. it's just like, yeah, they're not the same scary defence they used to, once used to be. And then offensively, despite their weapons, you know, they've got so many weapons like Clay, Claypool, uh, Deontay Johnson, they've got... Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, when he was fit, obviously he's injured right now, but they even, like, they drafted Najee Harris and he's just been amazing at the running back position. But they just haven't been able to click it because they don't have the quarterback yet. And you even look at their backups. You look at Dwayne Haskins, you look at, um, I think, who's their other backup? Is it Rudolph or someone? I forgot who they brought in to to back up for um for Big Ben as well. They're just not the, they're not, like, the options that you really want as your backup quarterbacks or as your quarterback going forward anyway. So they definitely need to reinvest in the quarterback position and in the draft. I think they're gonna they're gonna be one of the teams that look to either move up in the draft or draft a quarterback quite high in the first round because that's it's just the place that they're currently in. Obviously, this this current next 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 crop of quarterbacks hasn't isn't looking to be the most like talented. As like this year, obviously, was the Trevor Trevor Lawrence year, it was the Justin Fields year. But um, yeah, they're gonna yeah, they're a team yeah. that looks like they're gonna need to reinvest in that position because that's kind of you look at their their team as a whole. And you see that they obviously defensively have some players um, and offensively they've got weapons. They just need a, an hour quarterback to to piece it together. And they've obviously still got the head coach. I think Mike, Mike Tomlin is still one of the best coaches in the league, especially when we think about black head coaches in the, in the NFL. To think that the things he's, able, he's been able to achieve over the years, like it's definitely commendable. And he's still still one of the, one of the top coaches. So we still definitely have a lost faith in him, him as a coach, but definitely lost faith in Big Ben, man. Big Ben is is not looking like Big Ben. He's looking like ugh, just he's, he's looking like like that. <laughs> he's looking ordinary Ben. Yeah, very ordinary Ben. Not Big Ben anymore. Small Ben. Yeah. Like he's, just, he's just not been able to do it. Like he's just not not been the same kind of player. And it's just we knew it was going to happen. And everyone kind of had a feeling going into this season when he when he decided to sign that extension. He did rework his contract to help the team out, but we kind of felt that yeah, this is kind of like the last hurrah, the last dance. For Big Ben, but I did think last year was his last dance, and I think he should have maybe not come back this year. But 
he decided to come back and it's it's not been you know the same this this oh, well, team is used to finishing at 500 um at least so they're, yeah, they're used, to, used to at least having a winning season every year um it would be challenging to see if they can do that this year especially as i said they've lost juju smith schuster and big ben is not playing at the same level he used to be and then the, def- the defense hasn't been at the same yeah. level so can they still be a, a plus a plus 500 team we will see um, but I do like some of their pieces. I said I really like Najee Harris. I think he's such a, a really good running back to build for, build for in the future. Um, he's going to yeah. eventually at some point be one of those guys that the same way we have Jonathan Taylor currently running it this year of yardage. I could see oh, Najee in that, in that kind of role if, if like if he's able to really blossom in this team because he's he's just that good of a player. So we should we shall see. But um, yeah, to answer your question, Big Ben done out here like he's old man. He needs to he needs to pack it in. Unfortunately, it's just it's just the way that the you know. The game is has developed. He's, he's just he's not mobile at all, like at all. <laughs> like he lacks basic mobility. Even Brady at his old age, Brady will still shift a little bit and move to if he has to move the chains to get to the first to, to, for a first down. But I can't rely on Big Ben to, to run for a first down. He looks terrible running right now, and it's not. And, he, and I still think he's a bit injured as well. I don't think oh, he's fully fit either. So it's just yeah. it's just not a good look for, for our boy Big Ben, unfortunately. Nah, I hear that. It's like you stole my notes, man, because I was going to... My next question was like, now that, you know, obviously Sir Henry has been injured and is out for the season, is Jonathan Taylor that new guy? Because obviously, over the weekend, he rushed for 143 yards, two touchdowns, and now, the interesting stat is he scored at least one touchdown in 10 straight games, which is the fifth longest streak in the NFL since 1950. Like, what were you saying about this Taylor guy? Because he is, he is dynamic. Yeah, I mean, we we um we definitely picked Indiana mm. as like oh, not Indianapolis, Indianapolis, sorry, as, as a, a yeah. as a as a as a dark horse oh, team. Awesome. But my yeah. my reasoning for picking them initially was was actually Carson, not because of not because of Jonathan Taylor. Now we're looking at the season. Carson has just been average as a quarterback, but Jonathan Taylor has really been picking up for them and, and grinding out results for them through the, with their running game. Yeah. That last result to beat the Texans 31, 31 to zero is just embarrassing for the Texans. Like, not Honestly. to score a single point. Obviously, they lose Ty, Ty, um, Tyro Taylor went down with an injury, but to not score a single point in a whole game of football is really just a shocking, shocking, shocking thing. Like, how how does that even happen oh. at this at this level? But you get it. I mean, this 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 Colts defense is kind of decent. Darius Darius Leonard and other guys like that can really perform. And as we've mentioned, like the, you know, the new guy at running back is kind of Jonathan Taylor. I think you look at um, the way he's able to run. He, you saw flashes last year, um, near the end of last season, when he was obviously after his rookie year, that he had like, you can see that this guy has the potential to be a, 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 a serious, serious, like bell cow, you know, running back. But now we're seeing it really come to fruition. And they they know what they know what's working for them and they're and they're utilizing that in their run game and they're utilizing that in their their schemes for, for different matches and it's helping them to win games. So um playoff wise, we'll see how how it fares for this team. Obviously, we've we've um, unfortunately had to deal without um Sir Henry for quite some weeks, but you know, the the hope is that he's back in time for the playoffs. So we'll see if that's oh, wow. if that's a thing. They're, they're hoping that he can make it back, but there's, they're just obviously it's still not. They're not. I think with the player of that quality, you don't want to rush him back from an injury, even if, it, if like, yeah, especially if it's a season that you can't win. But they're currently top of their division, the Titans. So you know, if they if they're still top by the time he's back, there's no reason why they don't feel like they can go on to go the whole way again. 
But yeah, this Colts team could be a yeah. decent wild, a wild card team if if Jonathan Taylor keeps playing the way he's playing. Like he's um he's definitely a a serious serious running back. I think if we especially look, look at like fantasy football next year, um obviously this mm. year the big the, the first overall draft pick in most drafts was uh was um Christian McCaffrey obviously because he's just that guy. But every season what he's been injured for the last two years. You're looking like next year it's probably going to be oh like either, either Sir Henry or Jonathan Taylor because they're just that good. Oh, 100%. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, even just going into the playoff picture, that playoff picture at the moment. If we go to the AFC, we would have <clears throat> the Patriots. Will be number one, so they'll get the first round by. And um, will be the Titans, number two. Uh, Titans number two against Buffalo seven. The Ravens against the Bengals, and then you've got the Chiefs. Funny enough, people think what would have thought be winning their division and possibly still could at fourth with the Chargers at fifth and then switching on we've got in the NFC Arizona Cardinals they've got number one spot and Packers behind them number two against San Francisco number seven you've got the Bucks number three against Washington number six and then the Cowboys number four against um, the oh gosh against the Rams now out of those two obviously those two divisions right now what would you say would be your favourite like match going into the playoffs? If, if the playoffs were to happen tomorrow, pick one game out of the two divisions. So you could pick one game from each division, which would yeah. be the game that you would that you would like to see the most. Um, I would have to say it would for me. It'd be I think the Rams are like just such an interesting concept, obviously because they've just brought in Odell Beckham Jr. and they've They've got all this talent. Um, the Rams are an interesting, interesting proposition because you kind of think um, the playoffs is one of those things you just, you just want to be in it. You have to, you have to be in it to try <laughs> to, to to win it, basically. Win in it to win it, yeah, you yeah. Have to yeah. Be in it to win it, and I think if the Rams are able to make the playoffs, I think, I think they could be, could be a, a, a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky like wild card team that could go the whole way. Um, I yeah. do think it could, it could be. Yeah, it could be the Rams game for me. If I think if they if they were able to make it, that that could be really interesting. Yeah. Whatever team like the the the, the um the, the Cowboys have to play as well might come up against a really good team. This Cowboys team could turn it around. Defensively, they've obviously got you know some some guys. They've um Trayvon Diggs has been really performing this year. He's a potential candidate for Defensive Player of the Year. He's definitely a Pro Bowler this year. Um, but offensively, mm-hmm. once Dak gets his weapons back properly, once um Amari's fully cleared these uh, COVID protocols and. CD Lamb is back and alive and kicking, and, and Zeke is doing what he's supposed to do. And yeah, this Cowboy team as well is also a, a scary, sneaky, 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 um, you know, challenger in, in the playoffs. So we shall see. Um, it should be very interesting going forward. But yeah, I, I really like the Rams. I think whatever team that they have to play against would be looking at them a bit, a bit sideways because they could potentially cause an upset. Mm-hmm. I was gonna, I was gonna pick them as well. Oh really? <laughs> to pick them as well. I think, yeah, I think the Rams against the Cowboys would be an interesting fixture. To be honest, I think because the Rams have got a lot of good pieces now, just all across the board, yeah. so that could come together. And that defense also just looks looks deadly. It could be could be quite interesting to be fair. <clears throat> um, yeah, I'll go first actually. In terms of the AFC, I don't know. I kind of like I kind of like the Chargers against the Chiefs. Seeing as this Chiefs team has been a bit up and down, but when they do hit stride, it is crazy. They do have the ability to do 
things that teams can't even imagine doing. So, but I like the charge as well. I like the look mm-hmm. of the team. I just think like it'll be a nice matchup. I love to see them slug slug it out. To be fair. Yeah, it's a divisional game as well, so there's a bit more in the line as well. If it was, if it ended up being a playoff game, so yeah, it could be very interesting. Um, obviously, as a Raiders fan, I'd hate that because it would mean that we don't make the playoffs. Um, but <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Right, cool, cool. Well, guys, we're going to switch it up. We're jumping straight to the NBA. I think the last time, obviously, it's been quite a while since we were, we were chatting with you guys and a lot has happened. Uh, I think last time we spoke, we did say about how, um, how I think we talked about Golden State about how dynamic they've been and again they're still doing the same thing they've been superb I mean I think when um, when the second Splash brother returns it's not like they desperately need him in Mm. they're doing so well at the moment that um, yeah that won't even be needed necessarily would just be a great weapon to have because of how well he's been doing I just want to check the standards anyway at the moment because if we look at it well, in the East, obviously, Brooklyn, 17 and 8, and then you've got Chicago. Got to talk about them next as well, because, my goodness, the Rosen, my goodness, he's he's the, yeah. the revived, should I say? The guy, yeah. my goodness, falling <laughs> out, out, out. In fact, let's, let's go even start with Let's start there. Like, what is it about this team, man, that has they gotten are, so, like, so dynamic? Yeah, they're just, they're just a... Um... They're just a hard-working team. Well, I've watched a couple of games. I'm like, yeah, this team works hard. Like, from top to bottom, mm. every every man on this pitch, on oh, pitch, football, sorry, <laughs> on the court, is is like, is working their ass off trying to win these games. Like, DeRozan is performing, ball is, is balling out, Lonzo Ball's doing what he's supposed to do, Alex Caruso's con- contributing off the bench, and even just other guys are just really, are really stepping up. Like, Levine is still doing what he's supposed to do, um, and Vucevic mm. is, is contributing on, on that team as well. So, like, they're, they're a team that we, like, we obviously flagged them at the beginning of the season because we weren't sure who they'd be because we said we'd, we weren't sure which DeMar DeRozan would show up. And I think at some point we're going to need Reese to come true. back and is, issue an official apology to the Chicago, to the to the, the city of Chicago. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. because uh, they're really well. doing it. Reese needs to come back and give an apology because he said they were going to be trash. And they're kind of like topping, you know, the Eastern Eastern <laughs> Eastern Conference right now. Like they're well, second. They, but they're doing good things, right? Yeah, really doing good things in that in that in that in, in the East. And I think they just look really good. Like the East is an interesting concept anyway, just because teams like the Boston are when you performing. But if they keep this up, they're a playoff team for sure, for sure. And who knows how far they can go in the playoffs. So I do like their team. I like the way they're constructed and I like the way that they're playing. Um, at first, I did think it was a bit of a fluke when they started off the season, like 7-0 or 8-0, whatever it was. But they're managing mm. to keep it going. And um, it's, it's quite, and they're not just playing boring, boring basketball. They're playing quite exciting, fast-paced, yeah, that's that's expected when you have Lonzo Ball at the point. I mean, he's just just a savant at the point guard position. He's able to find players in open positions, and he's really like a quarterback out there sometimes. So it's expected, but yeah, exciting to see for Chicago. I think as for as a city that has been starving for a basketball team that's even just somewhat relevant for so long, ever since obviously Jordan left, they haven't been the same. Um, yeah, mm. it's nice to see. It's nice to see. I'm sure Chicago fans are really excited because. For once again, they're kind of like relevant in the in the Premier League. Sorry, they're relevant in the no, NBA no, no, again. No. <laughs> oh no, I hear that still. I mean, obviously, 
had a big win last weekend. They did beat the um, they did beat the Nets 111, 107. <clears throat> I like the makeup of this team, and I think like we did do so, we did do them discredit at the beginning of the season. I think that the Rosen and uh, Zach Levine combo has been been phenomenal, man. Yeah, been hitting it up, and so now I'm more intrigued because obviously we're only maybe a quarter of the way through the season. I want to see how this will look in playoffs times. Like, how would it go? What will occur? Um, because if you look at the standards, like Brooklyn at number one, yeah, we expected it. Chicago at number two, no, we didn't. Milwaukee at three, Miami at four, Washington at five. Well, if we can give them a clap, they deserve a clap themselves because oh yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> been decent, and I thought it would be quite tragic for them. Um, Philadelphia. 36 is number six, but then Cleveland at number seven definitely, definitely shocked me because I didn't see that happening at all. But that young side is performing very well. Um, yeah, and I like what they're doing over there. Um, jumping off a little bit, I kind of want to like touch on. I'm always talking about our Gordon side, but we might come back to Cleveland. I'll see. But I mean, the fact that they've only lost four games this season is interesting enough. Like. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, we we're gonna say it like contenders, contenders, yes or no? I mean, it's a big yes, isn't it, for all of us, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, we 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 said, like, yeah, we'll see what happens. I think everyone's thought process, everyone in terms of pundits, people that watch the sport, whatever. I think we all thought that once J- uh, James, once um, once Clay comes back, okay, we'll see what his team can be. Because we all we all saw last mm. year that like Steph Curry's back was hurting trying to carry this team, but they've they've had players step up in a, in a big way. The likes of Jordan Poole have really yeah. like really come through for this team, and I think now they're they're a legitimate legitimate uh, playoff playoff contender. Whereas before we mm. kind of just thought ah they might be like a lot of people thought that um, Steve Kerr was past it as a coach. They kind of thought oh yeah the the system only really worked because he had you know four of the best players. Um, in the league at the time, but really, like he's he's showing himself to be a, a solid coach once again, and I think this team is is galvanized by the thought one of Clay coming back sometime in a few weeks. Um, Curry is just doing Curry things; he's an MVP candidate for sure, for sure. Um, and as, mm-hmm. as I said, they've got bench players that are really performing. Jordan Poole is really really balling out, um, and other guys are just stepping up when they need them to at, at certain points in the game, and I think it's really working for the team. They're even, uh, it's, I think it's. It's been beneficial for them that they haven't had to rely on people like Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins is able to just do his job really on this team. He's not he's not relied on to be a, a scorer necessarily or a defensive you know anchor or anything like that. He just has to do his job, which is score a few points here and there, provide some athleticism, and that's really all he has to do, which is which is what's benefiting them. I think they've they've managed to get the best out of him so far because obviously with that Timberwolves team he was struggling, but they've managed to get the yeah, best out of Wiggins so far. <laughs> Draymond, Draymond is still a defensive, you know, anchor for them as a team. Um, I think they don't know if I yeah. think Wiseman is Wiseman back from his injury yet. I think he might be, but just a little touch on Draymond. Like definitely, I think he, he might. He's, he looks like he's probably aiming to to be in the conversation for defensive player of the year. Yeah, I feel like his defense has been has been up there this season. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So yeah, they're they're a, they're a really good team, and I'm, I'm I'm excited to see where they go this year. I think we, no one really wrote them off. I think a lot of 
believe people knew that they're going to be a good team. We just didn't know how good. Again, same thing with the Bulls. We knew they'd be decent because you don't bring in, you know, quality players with the quality of, of Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan and not become a better team. But we should know how good they'd be. And I think none of us could have could have predicted the Warriors being this good straight away. But then again, maybe maybe none of us could have also predicted the West being the way it is. I think it's just a different a different conference this year. We've still got obviously Utah still doing their thing and Phoenix is still still able to perform. But yeah, like who oh, who would have oh, thought oh, Memphis oh. would be 14 and 11 right now? Like no one would have said that. If you told me that Memphis would be where they are and that the Lakers and Clippers would be struggling for five and six, six in the in the division. Like no one, no one could have predicted that. So it's just the way the way the cookie has crumbled, unfortunately. But yeah, Golden State for sure, for sure, contenders for the title this year, big time. Yeah, they've been <clears throat> they've been remarkable. Like I can't even uh, I can't even I can't even lie. They've been so so good, so so yeah. good. But I'm gonna um I'm gonna switch up and not discuss about our teams, but obviously it's been interesting at the moment because I think. Uh, the Clippers are fifth in the standings, and the Lakers are sixth. Six, like, yeah. I mean, I, I'll discuss in terms of a Clippers uh, point of view for the season. Like, our defense has been has been very. I like to call it gritty. It's been good. I like mm-hmm. it. I like what I've seen from the defense. In terms of the offense, I mean, we're still asking Paul George to score a lot. I mean, he scored um, twenty four point six percent of our like total points. Um, and we're really in the mix because of him, to be honest. Um, what can I say? The quicker Kawhi comes back, the better. Because yeah. I think this side is a good side, yeah. but becomes optimal when when the two are together. But the problem is there is a there's a a third start is emerging in man, and we still have other players, but we still have to be around that mix. But Paul George, I think they're they're still implementing that thing of you know. They'll play games, they'll rest him here and there, but they still need to have him on the field, on like on the floor for a majority because without him, probably won't be able to get a top six seeded yeah. in in the West. But um, do you know what? I kind of knew this was going to happen. I had to be realistic. I did say my prediction was for us to just edge it into the playoffs. And I think Paul George has been real. I can't complain at him. So. Yeah, man, I'm happy for what it is at the moment. Just get Kawhi back. I don't know how, but get him back. That's all I'm saying. What would you say about the Lakers, though, man? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's been a tough watch. I'll be honest. Like this season, <clears throat> we went in with so much optimism. Yeah. Um, obviously, we basically we built a whole new team this going into the season. Um, but again, we weren't sure. We you kind of always thought to yourself, with a LeBron-led team, anything is possible. Um, but people did question the age thing um, going into the season, and everyone mm. kept, kept saying, kept saying to themselves, and even the Lakers themselves within the, within the camp, you heard different stories of people going, "Oh, keep here, keep betting on it, keep um, counting us out because of our age, whatever, whatever." And then you saw in the first few games, like especially those games against Oklahoma City, the age was a factor. Like these young boys were running rings around our old men, and they were and they were proving their age sometimes, like in terms of stamina, just at the early mm. stage of the season. But um, I do think, yeah, the Lakers have been tough to watch, mainly just because LeBron hasn't been fit the whole time. So you're not really able to see this team at, the, at our full full potential. And even AD himself hasn't been fit the whole time. So we haven't really been able to see AD at his, at his best. And then there's just a combination of, like, you know, every now and then Frank Vogel makes a couple of questionable decisions as coach. And you're thinking to yourself, ah, maybe he's 
maybe he's reached yeah. his, his limit as a coach right now for this team. Maybe maybe he's not the coach that we need for this team going forward. But he's still a, he's still a very good coach and he's able to win a championship a couple of years ago. So we still we still need to to look look at that. But I think this team now needs to hopefully just get everybody back fit and then see how far we can go if we can even do anything. We we've been fortunate that we haven't lost so many games that we are out of the playoff run. But we have also haven't won enough games that we're that we're, we're safe. Like we're definitely not safe. If things continue the way that they've been going, Lakers could be in a playoff play play in game can kind of situation again like we were last year, which is unfortunate. Um, so we'll have to just really see how how the season goes for LeBron in terms of fitness. I think he's due back this week, I believe. So he should be back and playing yeah, regular minutes. Um, so we'll see we'll see how that goes. But we keep you know this man is 36, 37, whatever it is, he's old. Or older, but he's still LeBron James, so he'll, he'll get it done for us. But yeah, I do, I do need some some other players to step up. I'm, I like what I'm seeing from from Malik Monk. Um, I think he's providing some serviceable minutes. Um, Avery Bradley hasn't really performed the way I thought he would do coming back to this team. Um, you've got you know Taylor Horton Tucker. I think he needs to get more. He's obviously he came back from that injury, but I think he needs to get more minutes. Um, just so we can see what this young person mm-hmm. can, can be, because he kind of is kind of our one of our pieces for the future really wants, because obviously once LeBron is <laughs> is done being LeBron, we need to look to, to guys like AD and Taylor Horton Tucker to kind of perform. We kind of thought that he'd make that step up and be like the Kuzma role essentially. Um, so we need, we need yeah. someone to fill, to fill that void right now. Um, but yeah, the role players really need to keep keep doing what role players do and, and providing serviceable minutes. That's the only way we can, we can see what this Lakers team can be. So let's just, uh, for me as a Lakers fan, I'm just sort of, sort of waiting patiently to get LeBron back fully fit see where we are as a team and then, and then assess this season. But right now it's been very disappointing. But all hope is not lost. Obviously, you know, the, the common sayings we said with the NFL, for the playoffs, you've got to be in the dance to win it, man. You have to just be in. Um, we thought that last year it wasn't really the same, but we this year I'm a bit more confident in, in my in my boys. So, yeah, hopefully turn this turn this thing around and get some more wins. But let's see how it goes. I think LeBron is, is, is aging and it's clear from the fact that he's missed so many games. He doesn't really normally, normally miss games like this at the start of the season, especially. So it's been, it's been tough to watch. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear that. I mean, yeah. One thing I'll say before we just kind of close up is that man, there's always, there's always reasons for optimism. Like yeah. as long as LeBron come, is, that fit obviously I think that helps you guys massively going forward but yeah it seems like some of the moves that happen in the off season don't seem to be clicking yeah. but it's still, it's still like trade moves can be made but it's like look we're only a quarter of the way if that into the season so there's still loads more games to be played so it's all about just just trying to get just trying to get it done and then look at it more um closer to the trade uh, deadline. And so, mm-hmm. like, obviously try to see what couple moves that you can do to kind of help you guys out. Don't know if the Clippers will do anything. I mean, we've drafted, we've given a lot of our picks anyway, so <clears throat> we'll have to see what we can do there. But um, even I with that, though, I do like some of the players you did draft, especially like in the late rounds, this year's draft. I like BJ Boston. I think he's a really solid service. We could be a really good player at some point. Um, and I do think, as you said, Terrence Mann is really yeah. emerging as, the, as that third guy on this team. We'll see how far he can go. A lot of people don't really, I've, I've heard a lot of couple of pundits say that they don't think Terrence Mann is, can, has the potential really to, to be that third guy, but I think he looks really good and he looks comfortable already yeah, as, yeah. As, as in that kind of role at this early stage of his career. So we'll see what happens with Terrence Mann. Yeah. I think he looks quite good. Definitely, 100%. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Aggregate Score this week. 
um, apologies. We are not a, a monthly pod. We, yeah. <laughs> we are your pod that looks to, <laughs> looks to, looks to meet your needs. But we do have an interesting development. We're going to try and do little 15-minute segments for you um, during this Christmas period. As we all know, it gets busy. But thanks for listening. Again, if you're not following us, do um, follow us on Instagram, where we are um, the... I, I think it's, it's aggregate underscore score. Um, aggregate underscore score, which is beautiful. <laughs> and then yeah. um, also follow us on Spotify podcast, Apple podcast, and our Twitter. What's our Twitter as well? Twitter's the same name, um, aggregate underscore score. We haven't really been active on there like I thought we were going to be, but we're gonna we're gonna pick things up. Twenty twenty two is a big year. We're gonna get some get some stuff on there, but so far we are. Yeah. But but you know, do follow us on there. We're gonna we're gonna be on there. We're gonna be live tweeting games and. You know, getting involved in all the in all the Twitter controversies and banter, and it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Yeah, indeed. All right, guys, take care, and um, look forward to you guys joining on to the podcast feed.